It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, along with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, the deadline is fast approaching for participating in the 2020 Census. Understandably, it may not have been top of mind for you, what with COVID-19, the pandemic and all, but it is so important that you participate because the results help determine federal funding received by Georgia for things like education, healthcare, infrastructure, and so much more. And Commissioner, we're coming down to the finish line, and today we want to encourage everyone to participate and be counted. Absolutely. I don't think we can say it enough how important it is. Uh, We only get this opportunity once every decade and how quick you can complete the census and the impact it has to Georgia. So I'm excited to highlight that in our podcast today. And joining us to talk about the 2020 census and how Georgia is doing are the co-chairs of the Georgia Complete Count Committee. Anna Wrigley Miller is Director of Planning, Evaluation, Research, and Communications with the Governor's Office of Planning and Budget. And Rusty Haygood is Deputy Commissioner for the Georgia Department of Community Affairs. Also joining us is Jesse Bruno, Research and Policy Analyst here at DECAL, who's been working with the Complete Count Committee. Folks, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. So when we talk to friends like these, we like to do a little check-in, see how you're doing in the pandemic. Anna, how are you? How has life changed for you? So I had the unique ability to enter into motherhood at the beginning of the pandemic. So I have a little eight-month-old baby, and uh, it's been it's been a blessing and a curse, obviously, with everything going on. But I was able to spend a lot more time at home with him than I wasn't anticipating getting to spend. So everything else is going on. I, I, we're doing okay. Hanging in We're going to do a, a glass half full. Right. <laughs> because you've had this time to spend with right. your son. So right. that's great. Rusty, how about you? Reg, thanks for asking. Uh, things are going well. Uh, like most people who are uh, listening, uh, we've had to make some changes. We've got family and friends who have tested positive for the, the virus, and, and we've had to deal with that. Uh, We've adjusted to some teleworking opportunities that weren't present uh, before the pandemic began, but uh, so many of the things that we used to do are being done differently now. So that's been quite the adjustment for us. And Jesse is part of our family here at DECAL. Are you doing okay? Hey, yeah, I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me today. I definitely miss seeing you and all of my coworkers around the office. Um, I'm doing okay. I know a lot of people are moving out of the cities have more space, but I decided to move into the city. I'm now in Virginia Highlands and I'm loving it and it's been a fun distraction. I get to see Jesse occasionally at Publix. We bump into each other at the grocery store, replenishing supplies. (laughs) So it's always good. Very nice. Well, in March, homes across the country received invitations to complete the 2020 census, and then right behind it came COVID-19. So forgive uh, the question with an obvious answer, but what impact has this had on the census here in Georgia? Let's be honest. The entire country has been faced with the pandemic, so our situation isn't unique to us. It's been going on around the country. 
However, I think the pandemic has definitely had a significant impact on our state's response. When the Census Bureau began mailing out the packets for people to uh, fill out and return or the postcards for folks to go online, a lot of communities, a lot of nonprofits around the state were ready to deploy resources at local events, at, at a variety of things to encourage participation. Those ceased immediately. Uh, we expected that some Georgians, Georgians wouldn't have access to uh, internet capabilities. And with the internet uh, being one of the primary ways that the Census Bureau was trying to drive people to respond, we knew we had to have a contingency plan in place. So we had been working for over a year with the public library system within the state, and we had great plans in place. As everything else shut down, so did libraries. So that was another issue that uh, caused problems for us. Specifically on the nonprofit side, a number of organizations had events, they had technology that they had procured and were ready to deploy across the state, specifically in those hard to count areas. And those hard to count areas were important to us because those are the areas that are historically undercounted. And for a variety of reasons, we need to break into those, those communities and make sure that we've got an accurate count. So all in all, the pandemic greatly affected the way that we were planning to, uh, to tackle the approach to uh, get people to participate in Census 2020. Yeah, and to, to, sorry, Reg, to add, just to kind of flesh that out, particularly since we're here talking to DECAL, um, I just want to go ahead off the bat. Historically, kiddos age zero to five are historically always undercounted. And in 2010 census countrywide, there were about 1 million kids who were missed being counted in census. And we know that people always ask, well, if they weren't counted, how do you know that there were a million there? We know through administrative data records um, and uh, birth vital statistics that those kids are there. They're just missed out on being counted. And when kids being pulled from the schools um, to be at home right at the beginning of all of this, we had these best laid plans that we had been planning with you guys at DECAL and at um, DOE and even the universities on how to reach parents through children to make sure that they all know whether they're in, you know, a, a shared household situation. So beyond just kind of trying to reach the main population through all these plans, the kiddo plan changed as well because the kids weren't in the schools at, like we were kind of expecting. Lots of changes mm -hmm. and uh, lots of shifting mm -hmm. <laughs> around these, uh, these things. Unprecedented. We can use it once again, but it comes to Census 2020 uh, for sure. So this year, you could complete the census online, by phone, or by mail. Do you guys have any idea the most popular way to respond? It's mostly been online. The census, first of all, it was pushing that. So a lot of the country in Georgia the first line of attack was online. So I think it's about 80% who've been responding online. Um, again, it's, it's kind of hard to compare if you were to say, uh, how is North Georgia online response rates to South Georgia? The census did not, they, they kind of targeted who got online resources versus who got the in paper format. And then some just got direct people coming to their door. So Overall, about 80% are doing the online response and anybody can do online response, but it's hard to kind of show, kind of compare. 
That's interesting. It's definitely the easiest to do online, but um, I think the message now is if you don't do it online by phone or by mail, someone may show up at your door. So were we able to have, um, are they called canvassers going to door to door at this time? The, the term that the Bureau uses is enumerators. Oh. And, yes. <laughs> I don't know which is worse. <laughs> enumerators have been going door to door. They, they have been out in all 159 counties throughout the state. Um, but the process was delayed by about three months. They were supposed to come out in late spring, uh, but due to the pandemic, that got delayed until uh, almost uh, middle of August. But they've been out for a handful of weeks now, and uh, we're seeing good progress through that enumeration process. I feel like uh, this is something I would ask in college uh, or in high school, but uh, because of COVID-19, has there been any discussion of extending the deadline? <laughs> well, isn't that the million dollar question? Um, currently, the deadline that we are operating off of, as well as you know, Census Bureau and the rest of the country is the September 30th at midnight deadline. Um, there have been lots of talks, but again, we just have to operate with the information we have now and that the deadline is eight days from now. So anybody right now, if you're listening, can go online to my 20 cent my2020census.gov or call in the 1-800 number that I can give later to, to respond. And I know we've mentioned this on here before, but literally it takes five minutes, uh, maybe less. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is so quick, it, particularly on the online tool, the way they have it set up, it is so easy. I mentioned my baby was born in January. So when I got my census form postcard that says go online to fill it out, I was so excited and I was done in like three minutes and I was like, wow, I've been talking about this for three years and it took me three minutes to do. <laughs> and on my end, I've got a uh, 14 year old. And as soon as the postcard came in the mail early in the pandemic, we sat down and had a, a civics lesson and she completed the census for us right there as I sat beside her. Great idea. Yeah. Very great. Good. Idea. Absolutely. Now, Anna and Brian basically had the ultimate plus one on this census, right? And that what they normally say when you get an invitation, got a plus one, yeah. they had a plus one. So. We had a plus one, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was honored to be part of the Complete Count uh, Committee, but talk a little bit about what the committee was charged with specifically this year and who were some of the other representatives on that committee? Commissioner, I'd like to, to start with the second question first <laughs> and then move into the first. We had about 75 different members on the committee and these were representatives from nonprofits, from ethnic organizations, from state agencies and legislators and local governments and the business community and trade associations. And we could sit here for, for quite a while to, to rattle off every single group that was a part of it. And then we folded into the, the mix additional groups that were working throughout the state to encourage census participation. So all in all, we almost had 100 people uh, who were very actively engaged with us, a tremendous group of folks. And we wouldn't be at the point that we are today without the work that everyone did. So uh, I, I really want to, to thank each and every person who had a, a role in this decal for, for your commitment to uh, ensure that the message gets pumped out time and time again and, and get that out throughout the state. Uh, the committee's charge was to, to come up with some talking points uh, that would uh, encourage people to participate and to get those uh, conveyed through marketing materials and ultimately get those marketing materials out throughout the state. 
um, early on, the committee worked to identify those networks that, that people and groups naturally had. We wanted to take advantage of whether it be a social media network, whether it be a group of people that were uh, of like mind, of, of took that group to be a trusted voice, whatever the case may have been, and to make sure that, that we utilized all those resources that, that were already in hand. We, we went with an everyone counts tagline. And, and that was to further emphasize that we wanted to make sure that every Georgian, rural, urban, black, white, brown, conservative, liberal, you name it, gets counted throughout the state because it is impactful for the state of Georgia, both from a financial as well as a political representation side of things. Then we developed some resources, and these were uh, originally in the form of some downloadable resources. We, we created some posters, and these posters had the faces of 20 Georgians from around the state, and their story uh, was included in this. One county in particular, Walker County, did a fantastic job of taking those resources, uh, redeploying them out into the community with true Walker County residents and their messages out there. That would be a far more compelling reason than somebody from other parts of the state. So uh, those resources were out there. We developed some TV and radio spots. Uh, we created uh, some promotional materials, got those shipped out to the hard to count areas in the state. And Anna and I, as well as our cheerleaders for the census, gave over 150 presentations throughout the state over the course of the last year, year and a half. So Jesse, what kinds of things have we been doing here at DECAL to promote this to the early childhood education community? Sure, we've made uh, efforts to reach out to most, if not all of our stakeholders. I had the opportunity earlier this year uh, to present to our board members about the importance of the census and to encourage them to raise awareness in their communities. Uh, I've also spent the summer speaking to Georgia's Head Start directors virtually um, to encourage them to also spread the word among their families um, and explain how, how the census data is used and the importance of it to uh, funding for Head Start. One of the major touch points here at DECAL is our trainers that work with early childhood teachers across the state. So earlier this year, we added a census 2020 alert to the Georgia Professional Development System website. And we also sent them information on how to respond, uh, explaining why young children are historically undercounted and how they can spread awareness um, in a standing newsletter. And then we also provided information directly to some teachers uh, this summer, uh, their summer transition program, so that they can spread the word to families. And that information was given to them in both English and Spanish. So we hear a lot about the impact this information will have on what Georgia receives from the federal government. And I think it might be beneficial for our listeners to maybe hear some specifics of what we're talking about, because a lot of folks don't know about federal funding and the impact to them personally. But can we talk a little bit about the specific areas of funding and really specifically, since this is decal download, um, specific areas for early childhood education funding? Sure. So I'll start um, most specifically as I said on the research team, we use the census data all the time. We use it specifically for the formula for calculating population forecasts, and Georgia's pre-K program uses that to decide on funding and capacity building. Uh, we also use those economic and county level indicators provided by the census to kind of guide where programs should target their more specific services. 
like the uh, summer transition program. And then from the federal to state level, uh, the federal government uses those counts to allocate funding to states for services. So I have some numbers I'm going to share. And these were taken from the everyonecountsga.org website that Voices for Georgia's Children set up uh, this, this year, the past year. And it's been so helpful to me to kind of use as a guide to explain why the, uh, this is so important to us. So in 2015, Georgia received $23.8 billion, and these are based on the 2010 census count. More than 50% of this went to public health programs. And then related to us, $1.6 billion went to education-related programs, like the National School Lunch Program, Title I Grants, Special Education, and Head Start. So something important to note is that this funding was given in 2015, but it was based on 2010 data. So the census counts collected this year are going to be used to allocate funding for the next 10 years. I think that's a super critical point to keep in mind, that one year of data will determine 10 years of funding. Wow, that really does have an impact. Um, and of course, census data also used to adjust political jurisdictions, uh, such as congressional districts or state house and senate districts, also impacts your local government, county commissions, school board districts uh, throughout the state. So. Uh, definitely want to take this seriously. And if you have not completed the census, please do so uh, before September 30th. Someone mentioned, I don't know if this is verified or not, that, that for each person uh, that completes the census, it represents for that individual about $2,500 in funding to the state. So think of it like that. If, if you want to give a donation, technically, of $2,500 by completing the census, you're doing that without even opening your wallet. So give that a shot. All right, so Anna, Rusty, Jesse, give it to us straight. How is Georgia doing at this point compared to the rest of the country? So as of this morning with the data from Sunday's responses, our total house household enumeration percentage. And household enumeration means how many houses have been counted. So it's not necessarily all the people, it's all the houses have been counted. Um, we were at 90.7, which sounds great, but we are still sixth from the bottom in total response rates. For example, West Virginia is tied at number one with 99.8% of households responding. West Virginia. West Virginia. <laughs> right. So it, it, there is a very sl slim margin between six from the bottom and 100% number one at the top. Um, so we, you know, you mentioned a, a percentage of dollars that come per person enumerated and I put my OPV hat on here and uh, do a little federal funding points here. That is based off of a study, if people want to read more, done by George Washington University, comparing um, how much federal funding came to the state of Georgia. It's not state funds. I don't want to, I'm not going to plug OPV's budget. Uh, it's, state, it's federal funds that come to the state. And it's about using these $2015, it's about $2,300 per person per year that you can bring to the state wow. in federal dollars. So it is, mm -hmm. it is a hefty, it is a hefty amount of money. Think about 
your family of four over a decade that could come and help all these different, there's 316 federal, different federal funding, federal programs that rely on these funding. So we're currently sixth from the bottom with a 90.7 percentage response rate. So we have eight days to go and call, go online, answer your door if you see an enumerator. I mean, we are, we are at the, it's a final countdown and it's not a fun version of the song. We got to get to, <laughs> we have to have to get all these responses because it is the one time in a whole decade that you will have the ability to affect real tangible change, not just on the political, the political front, which it is, it literally does affect it. In the last four, last four, last three census, Georgia has gained four congressional seats. That's huge. Our population growth is, it's, it's one of the fastest in the country, Georgia's population. We know that we see it. We see the traffic. Their people are here. So it, it is just vitally important that we take five, 10 minutes out of our day to help our communities. Cause it's not just the federal budget that you're helping. It's not just Georgia's budget that you're helping. It is the road that you drive to drop your kid off at pre-K on. It is the lunches that they eat at K-12 over the next decade of their lives. So it's my soapbox on that. No, and I think you're right. If I could jump in and add one thing, uh, Anna and I have been in constant communication with Census Bureau personnel. And I, I do think it's appropriate for us to commend them for the efforts that they have made through this enumeration process. They've really uh, called in all the troops, marshaled everything they could these last couple of weeks in order to get us counted. If you go back to the beginning of September, we had a 70% response rate. Um, we're sitting here uh, with a week, week and a half to go before the end of the, the counting, and we're at 90%. So uh, a lot of work has been done. What I would say is if, if you see the enumerator coming to your door, please answer the door, uh, talk with them, make sure that uh, you provide the information that they're requesting. If you don't want to do that, please go online and do it. My2020census.gov uh, is where you can go and do that quickly, easily. And uh, like multiple folks on here have said, just a couple of minutes of time. What you're right is so easy and a huge benefit to our state. So why the resistance? What, what are y'all hearing? I think there are a couple of reasons. Um, one of those is there's a segment of the population that, that really doesn't want to give out any information about themselves. I get it. Uh, it it's a, a concern that they have. Uh, but what I would very, uh, very much encourage folks to consider is the information that the Census Bureau is asking is basic demographic information. They're asking your, your name. They're asking your age. They're asking your race, your ethnicity, um, your marital status. They aren't asking those personal questions about income or they're, they're not asking questions about uh, educational attainment or, or anything on the inside of your house, or, and they will absolutely not be asking about banking information, political affiliation, social security number, any of those things. That's not part of Census 2020. So um, the, the answer is they're only going to be asking basic information about yourself. Uh, much of this information, if you type your own name into a, a search engine and hit enter, you're gonna find this information about yourself in a matter of seconds. Second reason, I think there's a lot of confusion. And I think that goes all the way back to the beginning of the process when there was a question about, will there be a citizenship question? Will there not be a citizenship question? And as that bounced back and forth, lots of uh, 
confusion was created. Now, as we're in the last days, is the, the last day of collection going to be September 30th or is it going to be extended? Still lots of confusion around that. And one of the other things that I think is in play here is we have historically as a state had a lower self-response to this. Uh, what I mean by the self-response is the folks that are completing the form on their own before the enumerators come door to door. Uh, as of right now, we are less than one percentage point different than what our self-response rate was in 2010. So about the same percentage of the population has responded on their own without the enumerators. So um, I, I think that's another thing that, that we have had to combat and that's what the plans that were put in place by the state's complete count committee, by the nonprofits, by all of the other organizations were to specifically attack those hard to count areas around the state. So guys, someone is listening, they haven't participated, they really want to, what's your advice? What should they do? First thing I would say is if you feel comfortable with your uh, internet capabilities, go to my2020census.gov, fill it out, follow the prompts. It is super easy to do. Second thing, if you don't feel comfortable about your internet connectivity or you just don't wanna do that, you can call for English 844-330-2020. And I'll also give you the number in Spanish. If you want to call and the operator will be speaking Spanish, that number is 844-468-2020. Um, there may be some hold times, but the Bureau is working on getting more people at the call center. Those are going to be the quickest way that you can get a response in today. You don't have to worry about somebody coming to your door. But if you have a paper form, get it in so that it has time to be delivered to the Bureau in time. And again, you have until midnight on September 30th to respond. Now, after you've done all of that, even if you're like, Anna, I filled my census out in April as soon as I got the postcard, like you, because you're a civics nerd. Well, great. <laughs> you can also help by texting your friends and your family. We, you know, we've been saying 10 minutes for 10 years of funding for your life. Let's do 10 minute, text 10 of your friends for 10 years of, of their life. Text your friends, say, hey, please respond to the census. I've done that with some of my college buddies and they're like, you are crazy. And then I get to tell them all about what I do in my day job. So text your grandma. If she's tech savvy like mine, text your friends. The best way to get this message across to people who haven't already responded is by using trusted voices and nobody trusts like fan, fa friends and family. So that's what I would say to people. All very good points. Um, so it looks like we're going to play a little trivia. <laughs> I don't know if we have prizes or not, but um, okay. So here you go. Here's some census 2020 trivia. What's important about Toxic Bay, Alaska? Tuksuk, Amy. I was about to say, this is the first time you, I've seen this you, question. And actually, if you, <laughs> to be candid with the if, audience you know, here. If, if your town was called to Toxic Bay, that Rich, would be a challenge for the Chamber of Commerce. Tuksuk. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody Didn't have know? time to Google the pronunciation. <laughs> Tuksuk is the very first place they started doing enumeration on January 21st, 2020, which another little bit of trivia, that's when my baby was born, January 21st, 2020. Oh my gosh. It's Amy's birthday. Look no at way. all of that's the- That's my birthday. All the yes. trivia. My gosh. Uh, and <laughs> now the, the question is, what does Toxic Bay 
Amy Jacobs <laughs> and, and Anna Miller have in common. That, <laughs> that, that's right. Great stories there. Okay, that's cool. Um, did not know that. All came together on January 21st, 2020. And then, you know, in March, we took a turn to the south. And everything went a little crazy. You know, we're talking about the timeline. It's also important to note, um, according to the census website, that in December, the Census Bureau delivers apportionment counts to the president and Congress. And by next March, redistricting counts to the states to redraw legislative districts based on population changes. So while, you know, selfishly, we may want an extension of the September 30th deadline, there's a lot of work that's to be done and a lot of things that trigger pretty soon. So uh, I can definitely understand why that may not uh, happen. All right. Well, the time is now, folks. And again, um, I love Anna's idea. Text 10 friends. If you've already done it, text 10 friends to say that 10 minutes will have a huge impact on Georgia for the next 10 years. You can go to my2020census.gov or you can call 844-330-2020 or return the census form you received in the mail as soon as possible. Again, the deadline, September 30th at midnight. So in some ways, you got a little time, but in other ways, if you're like me and you tend to procrastinate a little bit, even at the last minute, why not just do it now? Just do it while you're thinking about it and uh, text your friends and let's get this thing going. Come on, Georgia. It was West Virginia ahead of us for growing up. West Virginia, yeah. have to do something here. All right, Anna, Jesse, Rusty, thank you guys for all of your hard work throughout this year. Uh, Anna was mentioning before we started recording today that uh, you and Rusty have been working on this since, what, 2017? Yeah. It's been a long time. We appreciate your efforts and uh, thank you to the commissioner as well for serving uh, on the complete count committee. And uh, listen, we're going to count this thing down like Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. And uh, (laughs) we're going to make Georgia uh, hopefully a leader here when this is all over. I'm telling you, there's so much emphasis around the election and rightfully so. But this has an equal amount of importance and impact. And it only happens every 10 years. So uh, let's do our part and uh, get involved. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, this is April Rogers. I'm the director of policy and enforcement in the Child Care Services Division, and I live in Marietta. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is, what is your favorite thing about fall? Uh, Well, thanks, April. It is good to um, hear from you, even though we're right around the corner from each other. We don't see each other very often. Um, You know, fall is definitely in the air. And I think the biggest thing I like best is just the change in the weather. Um, It's so nice to actually have some cool mornings and some cool evenings and um, be able to be outside without uh, 100 degree temperatures. So um, I think it's probably teasing us a little bit right now. I have a feeling it'll be hot at least one more time before it's officially fall, but uh, definitely the weather is, is my favorite. All right. We've got a, another fall related question also from Child Care Services, and it goes like this. Hi, I'm Casey Purvis, and I'm a child care consultant for DECAL here in Augusta, Georgia. 
My question for Commissioner Jacobs is pumpkin spice, yes or no? I have never had a pumpkin spice latte or coffee. I know there's there's a lot of buzz around it. I just don't think that's um that's my jam. If I'm going to Starbucks, I don't think I'm going for the pumpkin spice. I think the Pumpkin Association of America has sold this whole pumpkin spice thing because I have had one and uh, <clears throat> not that great. <laughs> I don't really like pumpkin pie either, so I don't think I'd like a pumpkin yeah, spice latte. I, I can take pumpkin pie, but not a huge fan. And yeah, the pumpkin is for your porch, uh, your jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> That's right. It's, I don't think it's to eat. And I, people are probably going to not really like us for this. Now, because I, um, I started to say, you know, you can't even like sweet potato souffle. I like that. But that's not pumpkin. No. Anyway. All right. So you're, you're going down as you're voting no. Oh, no. Absolutely no. Okay. I'll, I'll vote with you on that. <laughs> and it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We draw one name from all the correct answers we receive. Email your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. Where did the 2020 census begin on January 21st, 2020? Where did the 2020 census begin on January 21st, 2020? Answer that question. Send it to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. We'll put all the correct answers together. Draw one name. You'll win. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.